0: Not to mention he's uh, our winner from the uh, latest uh, hackathon we organized.
1: I just really appreciate the experience that you guys organized, um, all the different like meetings and presentations that I got to sit in with and be on. Uh, and I would love to see someone build that or I would love to build it myself when I had time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Ooh. if anybody wants to sponsor that project, then I will get right on it, I promise. Um, yeah, uh, yeah that, that would be the great first step. And then once you do that, I think that is like the the fertile ground. Then that is when it makes sense to use these geolocation features. But if you're talking about like where you are right now, it's very, very dangerous to just put that out there. The answer to this problem is either we find a way to match it up, or we say they don't match up. Or, yeah, I guess those are the two options. They either match or they don't match. And so, <laughs> yeah. if, and if they don't, and if they it's don't match, that's fine. Reason. Walk around, and you can lift up your camera on your cell phone, and you can see, like, where your friends are at, and you can see where places are at in augmented reality. And that's a visual augmented reality, like you were saying. There's different types of. Augmented reality.
0: So hello, everyone. Hello to the uh home box show episode four uh, and today we have we will discuss in the uh, an interesting subject uh, it's related to the geohash and nip 44 and also reality augmented so i'm your host isaac and today we have our special guest with us uh, Arcanux, uh from uh, anas and i and uh, not to mention, he's uh, our winner from the uh, latest uh, hackathon we organized. And uh, uh, let me say, first of all, congratulations to the, to, to the hackathon and welcome. Like, can you please introduce yourself to the, and, your, and, and your experience to the audience and the listeners? And uh, we can go from there. Hello. Uh, yeah.
1: Plans. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be with you to, here today and to to chat with you about uh, some geo stuff. Uh, yeah, Ono Sendai won the the hackathon. I was kind of blown away by that. I've never won anything uh, hackathon related before, so that was really exciting. And I just really appreciate the experience that you guys organized, um, all the different like meetings and presentations that I got to sit in with and be on. Uh, I got to meet so many cool people uh, you know, all over the world and it's just been really, really fun to make those connections and, and just kind of build a network of cool people who work on Noster. And so I just appreciate what you guys are doing and I'm super excited to be here. So yeah, I, I go I, by Arkanox, yeah, my yeah, name I'm is right, Nick yeah. and uh, I developed the OnoSendai. Mm-hmm uh cyberspace client. Cyberspace is a metaverse protocol that I am developing on top of Noster. It only works on top of Noster and that's for some specific uh, technical and philosophical reasons. But so onosendai.tech is is the client that I'm working on right now. And that's what I entered into the hackathon with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, welcome. Welcome, Nick. Thank so you. So today, we, today we're going, like to talk, uh, be talking about GeoHash and NIP 44 and yeah. how they can bring geospatial data and into the NOSA respons- uh, respons- uh, responsibility, like with augmented reality. So I'm really excited to like learn more about these topics and I hope you are too. So oh, yeah. I chose, yeah, we chose this topic because I think uh, they're really interesting and I'm excited like to learn about them. So like, let's like, can you please give us a brief overview of, of uh, what GeoHash and NIP44 are?
1: Sure. So NIP forty four is actually not official. Um, it was a discussion. It's a pull request in the Nostr uh, repository on GitHub, the protocol repository, and it never actually ended up being turned into a full NIP uh, or being merged. But it did end up having kind of, I think, a resolution that is satisfactory and usable. So I guess I'll just go. I'll go right into what happened. So there was another NIP that got merged where it added the g tag to the protocol. So if you put a g tag on any event, that's a valid uh, protocol for Noster, and the g tag, is just the letter G, uh, you put uh, it was intended to put a geohash in and then and a geohash is a number that correlates to a place on Earth. And the cool thing about a geohash is that the the more precise the geohash is like the more digits you have. The more precise the area of the planet it's referring to. So, you—if you imagine a box, uh, a box drawn on the Earth—that's really, really big. That would be a short geo hash, like maybe one, two, or three characters. And then, as you keep on adding digits to the geo hash to make it more specific, the box gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And the reason for that is that you can say, you know, say you post like, "Hey, I want to," uh, you know, I don't know sell something but you don't want to say like where your home address is you can just post a geo hash that's not as specific and it can maybe cover like your whole city or maybe a corner of the city that you live in so you're not saying like exactly where you live it's kind of like on Airbnb when you when you look at a place and it tells you where it's kind of at it doesn't give you the exact address that's what a mm-hmm. geo hash is so um, the gtag has been merged into Noster you can use it right now and it, the cool thing also about a geo hash is that a geohash string of zero length is actually a valid geohash it just means somewhere on the planet which is kind of cool so you yeah. can have an empty g tag and that's actually technically a valid geohash but the more the more digits you add to it um the more specific it gets
0: yeah cool i won't like to give some some definitions to, to the to the listeners like geohash sure. is a public domain ge- geocode system that yep. codes uh, a geographic location into a short string of letters and digits so uh, it is basically, like, uh, made, developed by uh, Gustavo Neymar. Uh, is that right, Nick? It yeah, sounds, it I think that sounds familiar, like, yeah. yeah. and it's and, and, and so the idea, like, diving the Earth into uh, Iraqi grids. Uh, each grid mm-hmm. cells uh, is identified by, uh, by unique hash string. So uh, all in all, like, geohashes, like, offer pro- properties like uh, arbitrary Precisions and, and possibilities of gradient removing characters from the end of code and reducing the size and other stuff and yeah. also we have another definitions for the NIP44 which is a proposal for the new no NOSR kind uh, that source uh, GU, GU JSON data and uh, and, and as, the, as the content this kind as long as uh, along with uh, with an existing p and e tag model so you would make like notes especially aware uh, on the on the network so uh, we chose like we chose the, the, this topic because it's it's fresh new and uh, i don't know if 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 there is any real application on it so yeah uh, can you please explain how geohash works like and how it's different from uh, other Geo, geohash coding geocoding i mean like geocoding has systems
1: yeah so um a geohash is basically a way to like not specify a specific location because every other uh, geosystem usually works off of precise coordinates like a latitude longitude which would specify an exact point point. and uh, even if the latitude or longitude uh, isn't very precise it's still going to specify a precise point uh, wherever it is on the planet so GeoHash is nice because it can specify an area uh, with actually less data, which is really, really handy. And so, um, and then, yeah, the NIP44 discussion, I just call it a discussion because it wasn't actually like more than that. Um, But it was an interesting discussion (laughs) if you want to read it. Uh, But basically, Ross Bates is the guy who started it. And I was thinking about it like roughly about the same time he started it. And then two weeks later, I, I did some searching and I found that discussion. And so I jumped in. Uh, but I've been working with geo stuff for a long time. I, you can see on my hat here. I have, uh, I developed an app called yonder, yonder.me. And it's an app where you can share your location privately with your friends and you can find places in augmented reality. Uh, and so I've been using geo coordinates to put things in augmented reality on the planet. And, um, and I was really interested in how we could do that with Noster because Nostr. You know, you can transmit pretty much any data you want with Noster and you can, uh, and I thought, well, it'd be so easy to, to transmit a, a geolocation, uh, you know, a latitude, longitude, uh, or if you want to uh, talk, uh, you know, protocol specific, it would be a longitude, latitude. But, um, you, you know, just putting a latitude, longitude into an, an event, it'd be so cool if someone made a client where those events would show up on a map. And like Yonder yeah. already does that, but Yonder isn't Noster Power. It uses its own centralized database. And so I thought, well, if I could develop some sort of uh, NIP or event kinds where people could put geodata into it, then I could put that stuff into Yonder and I could also make it show up in augmented reality, which would be really cool uh, because we've had a lot of businesses come to us and they want to put their locations into augmented reality. And, and I just... I just feel like it makes sense to do this on Noster where anyone can publish their location on a map. And, and that also gets to the, uh, the whole Google Maps thing because Google, they kind of have like a monopoly on being the intermediary between businesses and getting onto a map that everyone uses. And so when I got into the NIP44 discussion, I was thinking like we, whatever we develop here, we could empower businesses to create their own listings with their own private key and then they could say, hey, follow my public key and you will see all of our official locations show up on your map. And then there's no Google involved. You just have like people directly publishing to their their followers, just like Noster intent, you know, the, like the protocol intends. And I thought that was really powerful because we don't need Google as our intermediary, uh, you know, bossing everybody around and censoring content. And, you know, just basically you just are a subject to them and their their rating systems and all that stuff. Um, I just think that it makes more sense yeah. to like find the person that you trust and then follow their locations on your map. Now, obviously anyone could publish anything on Noster. So there could be like a ton of noise and stuff on a global map. You'd probably never want to use that. You would only want to follow the people that you follow. You'd only want to see their stuff on the map. So in the, in the NIP 44 mm-hmm, discussion, sure. what we ended up, Oh, go ahead. I was like going to say on the NIP 44 discussion, what we were talking about is, um, even though the G tag was specific, it was meant for putting a geo hash in it. Uh, we decided in the discussion that it, it would make sense to be able to put other geo stuff in it. And by geo stuff, I mean, you could put a latitude, longitude if you wanted to have a specific location um, <clears throat> or you could put geo JSON in there to specify lines and points and polygons and other structures on the surface of the planet. So if you wanted to specify, like here's the outline of a building or a property or a park or a river or something like that, you could do that with GeoJSON in the G tag. And it's just up to the client then to interpret that G tag in whatever way it wants. It could you know do a type check on it to see if it's a GeoHash or if it's a, a coordinate or if it's a GeoJSON. And we decided GeoJSON made sense. I think we kind of agreed on that is just because like, Noster already runs on JSON, so it doesn't make sense to, like, you know, throw some KML, which is basically like XHTML, uh, in that tag. It just kind of gets gross. I mean, nobody likes XML, in here. or <laughs> yeah. you know, or when I say XHTML, I meant XML. Nobody likes XML. Um, yeah, so JSON it's makes all... sense, it's easy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, if I can finish it. Come on, continue.
1: Yeah, um, so. And I think that's that's pretty exciting. Now, what some people got hung there's two things that people really got hung up on in the discussion, and I don't see any reason to get hung up on it. Number one was there there's some privacy concerns, and that totally makes sense. Um, and I'm very sensitive to that stuff. I actually uh I paid uh Vitor, uh, the creator of Amethyst, I, I zapped him a very large amount to not add uh personal location publishing to posts or kind one notes in, in, uh, in Amethyst and for Noster. I do not want that feature. I don't think that feature should exist on any client because I think somebody will accidentally use it and then their, their private location will be forever published for anyone to see. And I think that's really dangerous. And so I think that when we're talking about putting a location into a note, we're talking about like public stuff. If you want to publish, where a park is or a business or somewhere that people are meant to know about it and go there then that is when it makes sense to use these geolocation features but if you're talking about like where you are right now it's very very dangerous to just put that out there um and and i say i mean it's dangerous in a theoretical sense right like if somebody wanted to find you then they could not everybody is wanting to be found by somebody Um, but i just don't think it's wise to Put that out there because you never know when that might be abused by somebody
0: um yeah so like it's re- so random because uh, a couple of days ago i had uh, a guest by the name uh, tony aka uh, telemo so he has he, uh, he is one of uh, the hackathon project uh, contributors so mm-hmm. he did uh, apply for a, a project called uh, pomem which is a proof of work mem so he he has built th- this this website. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the uh, the link of, uh, of his project later. So sure. he uh, he has built like the website who wh- where you can enter the uh, your your private and public key, and then and then it shows you like he re- regenerated the the GU position key. So it shows you like. Uh, for me, I live in Algeria, so if I enter my private and my public, it's a it's it's like private key. So he generates another 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 code, another key, which is a G G hash key, and he gives you like a, a position. So uh, depending on your country, for example, so it's like it's like he gives the. Opportunity, like to make uh connecting people through geo uh, geo hashes, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really uh, it's really awesome project. You can you can take it up. So just, yeah, uh, a side token from uh, yeah yeah from this one.
1: I think as um, long as as so people use th- the geo th- stuff th- that was in like a responsible a really way. It, yeah, as long as people use the geo hashing or you know, if they use it in a responsible way and they don't make it so that people are going to be accidentally publishing their their specific coordinate every time they tweet, essentially. Um, I think that's fine. Uh, You just have to be really as a as a client developer, I think people have to be really careful how they expose those features to users. And every time I talk about using geo stuff, it's always in the context of either fully encrypted ephemeral sharing with your friends. So it's it's encrypted and it's ephemeral. So it never gets stored. And then even then it might be a geo hash so it's not too specific. Or public locations that are it's okay to share the specific location because it's a public business or a public landmark or something that it's it's okay if people know about it. And that to me, it seems obvious because I'm I'm always thinking about these things in the context of of how a user would use them and privacy and things like that. But to other people, they see they see geolocation and they get hung up on they're like oh you're going to be sharing my location with everybody all the time i don't want that well of course you yeah. don't want that nobody
0: wants that yeah no one yeah yeah i said there's so, two
1: things and th- there was one more thing uh so the the hang up on sharing your location i i totally uh you know agree that we need to be careful with it um and then the second hang up was with like how do we store this data and um I think there was a bit of, like, a, I, I say it was a soft disagreement uh, between me and, and Ross Bates and that thread where he wanted to, like, store, like, have an event that stores the GeoJSON, and then you would have an event that represents a business, and that business would, like, reference the geometry, and then, and, and so that's kind of the approach he wanted to take, and then you could make these, like, reference chains where you have, like, a city referencing a country or, you know, vice versa, and you could kind of have it all float down. Um, my approach, I'd rather have like the business specify the geometry in the same note. So you have the business definition and the geometry definition all in one. I just think that makes more sense. And it also makes it so that you own the geometry. Uh, you don't have to depend on someone mm-hmm. else creating the geometry. And I also want to point out that like the geometry that you put into Noster, if you're going to do it at all. I would say don't bother putting in any geometry that's already like publicly mapped through open, open street maps or something like that. Like they already have roads, they got rivers, they got like all the landmarks and, and geological stuff. It doesn't make sense to recreate that in Noster because that's just like a ton of noise and overhead yeah. when that's available open source already. What I'm talking about adding in to uh, Noster via Geo, you know, the G tag is like your business or your party that is like a block party or something for everybody to find or you know a concert something temporary some sort of event a street fair you know something where it's not going to be there forever necessarily or maybe it is but you know something public that people need to find that isn't like part of the earth because if it's part of the earth then it's already probably in open street maps and you can just pull that from an api somewhere that's a pretty yeah, uh, you know n- you know standard thing that's not gonna censor you.
0: Mm-hmm. So can, can you please give us uh, an example of how it can be used for JS special indica- uh, indexing and search applications? Like how, how does it make searching for location more efficient?
1: Yeah, so that, that is one compelling reason to, you know, add the G tag a little bit more uh, liberally to different events that you publish because say you wanted to f- uh, search conversations by location. If you Mm -hmm. had the g tag, if you had a geo hash that was generic enough where it wasn't doxing anybody, but it was still able to like it still allow you to aggregate locations of kind one notes or other types of notes, it'd be really interesting to like, pick a pick a note and then see where the conversation is happening, like on the planet. Um, I don't know if that would be useful, but that's kind of an interesting idea. Another thing is just like if you're publishing geo specific things like a business or an event. Uh, then obviously it makes sense to have a map where you're just pulling, you're querying by location, your location, and you're finding all of the things around you that are happening. And and I think that's like, it's just like such an obvious thing, but no one's done it yet. Uh, and so I think that's, I'm glad that we're talking about yeah. it because it, it's <laughs> basically Google Maps, but it's like totally open source and decentralized. Mm-hmm.
0: And I the, and, and the, just want to talk also about NIP44, like, how does it how does it make make notes special uh, especially like aware uh, of the network? Like can you give us a, an example of of how it can be used uh, in practice?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, the discussion never quite got to that point where we defined oh right. <laughs> um, and really, I mean, honestly, I think what we kind of agreed on is that we need a different nip and we need it we did we need a different nip to define like a place. And that would be, a you know, your business or an event or a street fair or your hot dog stand or whatever. There would be some sort of NIP where you have structured data inside an event that you, could, you can put like your street address, your phone number, your contact information. You can reference photos for that location um, or maybe the photos reference the location so that you can add photos over time. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So you can like, uh, is it possible like to, you like to tell us how how you can store like Geo json as data as, as content on nip 34
1: yeah i mean really all you do is you you put it into a string and you store it as the g tag on the event that's mm-hmm. it's as simple as that you would just serialize it as a string and then store it in the g tag so if people want to do that right now they certainly can i'm not aware of any client that is using the g tag um but that's going to change
0: soon i'm pretty sure Mm-hmm. So as as a third party of this uh, of this topic, like we like we mentioned, so we're gonna like discuss the the geo geo hash thing and the NIP forty four and also the augmented reality, which is like uh, if I want to define it to to the people and I'm uh, it might be like uh, everyone knows it because this is the world how where we where we live in now uh, all it's uh, AR. So it is like interactive experience of the of the real world environment where where objects like that reside in the world, real world are enhanced by computer generated uh, perceptual affirmations like some, some sometimes across the multiple uh, sensors and mm-hmm. uh, including visual uh, auditory and habits and and all, all that stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, so. It's, it's really it's really interesting it's really interesting because uh i i just want like to to mention uh uh if, if you can tell us the the listeners uh, on how it does it like were related to to the what we talked about uh earlier like, yeah you have something
1: nip 44 yep so you know I, like i said I, I made this app uh where you can you can go through uh you can go, just walk around and you can lift up your camera on your cell phone and you can see like where your friends are at and you can see where places are at in augmented reality and that's a visual augmented reality like you were saying there's different types of augmented reality anything that stimulates your physical senses is augmented reality and most mostly we think of it as visual but there's also like technically your earbuds are augmented reality like if you're listening to something in your earbuds and you're listening to something that makes you feel like you're in a different place or you're you're like in a jungle or whatever, it's like relaxing noises, that's a form of augmented reality. It's just like so common that we don't even think about it. But um, putting things in front of us visually is is interesting and new because it's so difficult to do. And it's only become like possible with our you know highly developed cell phones in recent years. And so how that relates to Noster is because if you can put objects on a map via Noster, you can also put them in 3D because all you have to do is just add Another dimension and then you go from a 2D map to a 3D world and and even if you didn't add the third dimension the altitude or whatever you just have the X and the Y or the latitude latitude, longitude you can still do it. Um, It's just a matter of like how you how you translate the data on Noster into a 3D environment and that's something that I don't think a lot of people have. uh, tried to tackle I don't know if a lot of people even think it's possible we're doing it right now with yonder and I want to I want to do it with Noster too Um, so. Yeah, just, you know, basically creating a, how Yonder does it is we create a 3D virtual world in your app that overlays on top of the real world and it's scaled to be similar, or at least to feel similar. And so when we put an Mm -hmm. object at XY location on the planet, when you go to that physical location, it shows up because we have this virtual world that's basically scaled to the planet. And so with Noster, you just would be able to publish events, put an XY or latitude, longitude on them, and then you just have to have a client that can interpret that data, and it's a very, very small amount of data, you know, just a couple numbers, and then just put that into, I guess, a, a 3D visualization of some kind
0: it's like tweaking something (laughs) so it's like tweaking some some data into into real uh, like uh, yeah it's just how
1: you interpret it and you know there's no there's no correct way or magic way to do it i mean the way we do it with with yonder i think is uh it's good um it doesn't work how people think it does because the tools people think that like your phone knows where you're at on the planet it kind of does but it also doesn't have a very good grasp of like which way you're facing what you know and stuff like that you have to do a lot of work to get the phone to really understand where you're at and and that's difficult because if you don't if you don't do it right it doesn't feel real right uh it doesn't feel realistic mm-hmm. when you're like holding up your phone and you're looking and things they have to show up where you think they're gonna or else the whole kind of illusion is broken mm-hmm. augmented reality is is ultimately kind of just an illusion uh, but it can be a useful illusion if we have useful data being overlaid contextually on our
0: real world. Mm-hmm. So can you give us a, like an example on how this technology uh, is being used today? Like the combination, all the combinations, uh, do you see any other like uh, pro- real, real, real projects or we just like the one you made? Uh... Yeah, I mean,
1: Yonder is the only thing that i've seen that uses augmented reality
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh in the well, way that do you it have does. NIP 44? well unfortunately yonder doesn't use nostr yet and uh, that's something I'm, i want to change um but i it's a it's there's some you know it, i don't have full control i mean i'm part owner of the company but i have to i have yeah. to stick to our roadmap like there's other priorities we have mm-hmm. we have clients we have to serve uh and adding adding in nostr support isn't technically i want to do it really badly but it's not necessarily the first priority and so um i don't know of anything there's i don't i can actually i can safely say there's nothing out there right now that's doing augmented reality with noster um i know how to build it i just don't have time yeah 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 i would love to build it so for
0: example if yeah so if for example if you wanna like like you you just decided to to like uh, at the feet of reality, I mean, the, the combination between Noster and the AR to, to your application. So what's gonna be like the, the first steps and uh, you, you're gonna do like, I mean, the, the technical steps.
1: Yeah, so first of all, what I need to do is get uh, probably Fiat Joff's Noster tools, uh, mm-hmm. you know, brought into the app, um, you know, set up some functions to query Whatever event kind ends up being the event kind for places, there there is, like I said, we need a new nip for places. I haven't had time to write it. Um, but whatever that event kind ends up being, let's say it's you know one, two, three or something. Then yonder would have to pull in uh, event kinds one, two, three. It would filter them by proximity to where you're at. And then if it found any that they're close by, it would just uh, render a three d object for them to to represent them. And if it was if it was a GeoJSON uh you know definition inside the G tag, then I would need to program it so that it actually interprets that JSON into a 3D object that would be re- rendered in front of you. Uh, that would be mm-hmm. my my cool. ideal is that you'd actually see a physical 3D object that's represented by the GeoJSON. If it was just a point or a geo hash, then I'd represent it by either a box or a or a some sort of marker, some, some single point marker. Yeah. Um, and then that stuff. So for, could show for,
0: up. Yeah. For example, the the, the projects you've made, on Onosendai, uh, is it like possible like to implement the real segmentation to it, like uh, when I don't know VR? Yeah. Thing? I
1: I've had a lot of I. This is a problem that I need to solve. I don't know the answer yet. Um, ono Sendai <laughs> is Onosendai is a client for cyberspace, and cyberspace is a purely digital, virtual space. Uh, And so it doesn't have any relationship or bearing to our global real space. Some hackers call it meat space. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is no relation. There's no direct relationship between cyberspace and meat space. And so to, you know, like real space has a coordinate system that we use and cyberspace has a coordinate system that it uses and they don't really match up. And so the answer to this problem is either we find a way to match it up or we say they don't match up or yeah, I guess those are the two options. They either match or they don't match. And, so <laughs> yeah. if, and if they don't, and that's if they the don't fair. match, Mine that's theory. fine. They can be separate. That's okay with me. But I do think that there's like, it, there's a possibility that it would make sense to have some sort of relationship between real world coordinates and cyberspace. I just don't know <clears throat> what makes sense uh, in that context. And I, and and that's a really to me that's a really important question and if you answer it wrong you could make a lot of problems mm-hmm. uh because what people like land in the real world is a very political subject and when i've seen things where they talk about like you know i've seen like uh, altcoin things where they talk about like you can claim land but it's like real physical land in in the real world but you claim it virtually we talked about those ideas when we were developing Yonder, and we're like, that is way too sticky of a like that is too political. There's too much emotion and history behind like the idea of claiming land in the real world. It's just, it's just very, very touchy, and mm-hmm. uh, and so we just didn't want to go down that road. Um, you know, with Yonder, when you put a beacon in in virtual re- in augmented reality, it's it's a place that you own. So there's no there's no problems with that right um it's it's when you try to put a beacon on someone else's property that things get kind of hairy and yeah, so right. with with cyberspace nobody owns it it's all just like this brand new space that people can can claim and uh and if you claim a space and someone else tries to claim a space then it's a proof of work battle um and that's that's a lot less uh politically and, and historically charged than claiming real estate in, in real life so I just don't want to, I don't want to make the wrong decision there. Um, but but they do work similarly. I think that there could be a lot of crossover between how you can put locations in cyberspace and how you could put locations in uh, the real world on a real world map and augmented reality. Uh, because, you know, augmented reality is augmenting your senses. Virtual reality is like completely, everything is virtual. Like there's nothing real about it. And that's what cyberspace is. Um, the only the, the only real part about cyberspace is the proof of work uh, and the other people you interact with. Whereas yeah. augmented reality is like, you're actually seeing reality, but there's other stuff, virtual stuff on top of it. So the, uh, there's, there could be actually, I, I've toyed with the idea of having like a mechanism where you could put things on, um, on the real earth. You could put things in augmented reality, but it would have like a proof of work cost to do that. But I, I don't know if that solves any problems. I think that just following the people you trust, because anybody can publish anything anywhere. And so yeah, just yeah. following the, the pub keys that you trust is the best way to kind of filter like what's on the surface of the planet in augmented reality.
0: I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, how do you see like how do you see the these technologies like the GeoHash and the uh, uh, the Geohash and the, the Noster and uh, the, the AR like individually and they're together how do you see them like evolving in the future?
1: Well I would love to see a Noster client that does kind of what we've described where it shows places I'd love to have like a Noster map I want Yonder to be that secretly but if someone else builds it I'll still be happy um, Yeah, I, it, I it want exists like I, said,
0: like I said earlier we had like uh, a guy from, from a couple of days ago he just has has an idea like a small uh-huh. idea of this project
1: i'd love to check that out and maybe yeah. talk to that guy you should introduce me
0: yeah um, i will i will yeah and even so... if
1: it's not augmented reality i think yeah it's, it's not it's not it doesn't not have augmented. to be
0: yeah it's not augmented reality but he's working with geohash and all that stuff
1: yeah even if we just got a client a Noster client that was a map and then people could publish places which we needed nip for And then, uh, those, those places would show up on a map. If you follow them, like that's, I think that would be a great first step. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I would love to see someone build that, or I would love to build it myself when I had time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So So if anybody wants to sponsor that project, then I will get right on it. I promise. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that, that would be the great first step. And then once you do that, I think that is like the, the fertile ground on which you could, you could start building augmented reality stuff. And, you know, augmented reality... Uh, it's the future, right? Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, and and it, th- there's actually kind of like an interesting uh, dynamic with augmented reality. This isn't going to surprise anybody who's into decentralization. Um, but augmented reality is sort of... It's sort of being captured by uh, the the native operating systems of cell phones. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, like... Android has augmented reality tools built into it. That if you publish an app, the app has access to all those tools. But if you publish a web based application in your browser, it doesn't have all the access to those tools that it should. It is getting better over time. Um, And then the same for iOS, for iPhones. They have all these augmented reality libraries and tools built into the operating system. Apps can use it, but. Web-based applications can't use them, at least not all of them yet. And and so like, and you know, the app stores, that makes a lot of money for Google and Apple. So they have this incentive to make it so that apps can easily use these features, these augmented reality features, uh, because then they get money from selling apps in the app store, right? But if it's a website, they don't get any money from people using those. There, There is no financial incentive for a website to have the same capabilities as an app. Now I'm awesome a web developer. I've always been a web developer. I kind of refuse to touch apps because I don't want to deal with app stores and walled gardens and all that stuff. I think that like truly decentralized technology is going to be web-based um, like Yakihan and a lot of other mm. Nostra clients that I like. Um, and so I, I really think that, you know, and, and so, with Yonder, like we've had to build whole things for augmented reality. That if we would have published an app, we could have just plugged right into it, and it, it already would have existed. But because we didn't, we we had to build it ourselves, uh, which is really difficult. And so, um, I I think that's sort of an interesting little battle that nobody knows is happening. And I want to see more augmented reality. Uh, and and the good news is that with Yonder, like we've actually done it. We've proved that you can do it. And I don't think anyone else before Yonder even thought it was possible. And so I'm excited that like we actually did it and broke through and made it happen. And so I want to see other people start to do that. Unfortunately, once again, uh, business reasons that I can't fully control Yonder is not open source. Um, but maybe that'll change someday. Yeah. I would, I, I would be in favor of it at some point. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, 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 well, uh, that's all the the time we have to, for today. So Uh, Thanks for joining uh, in. Yeah, thanks for for having me for our amazing, interesting talk and this and this this kind of uh, uh, technologies like the GeoHash NIP 44 and then augmented reality. So before we go, you can have like any final thoughts and comments on the uh, GeoHash, the NIP 44, and augmented reality.
1: Yeah, I I would just love to see people get involved. Uh, If you think that it's an interesting idea to have Google Maps without Google then I would love to have, I would cordially invite you to, to contribute and participate in this, in this discussion. And honestly, I haven't done any searching lately with um, what's out there. And uh, there's just so much NIP activity on the NOSTER repository, it's hard to keep up with it all. But if there isn't a discussion happening about places, then I think we need to start that, that NIP discussion about how do we define a place uh, on the NOSTER mm-hmm. protocol. Because once we have that, we can start pulling those places into a map and and really start kind of getting this geo hash augmented reality vision off the ground using a
0: decentralized protocol, and I think that's super powerful stuff. Yeah. So I, I hope you like all uh, for the listeners. You have all learned something uh, for the new today and about the geo hash and uh, what we talked like the NIP and AR. So if you like want to learn something or you have any questions for for Nick, you can just. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna like be posting uh, after the the links for the github or, for for host contacting and you can all yeah you can you can contact him freely and also if you want to like sponsor him for some kind of project <laughs> you can do that too
1: that would be awesome so, also yeah, is- also check out cyberspace it's pretty it's pretty dope what yeah. we're working on with uh, the cyberspace meta protocol okay. um but yeah I would love to answer any questions please get in touch I, I love talking to people about this yeah stuff, this is so.
0: what we do in Yekman yeah when we in yakihon like community we support all the creativity and and, and interesting and like uh, interesting things so this is why we fell in love with the, with the projects you've made uh for the yeah Akeon i appreciate it and also yeah. for the for this talking so be sure like to check out the the, the show notes uh for the links uh, to in addition to resources so and also don't forget to tune in the next time uh, for another exciting episodes uh i don't know if we, if we would do it but we will be discussing another topics with another uh, guest. so i hope you guys enjoyed and uh, like i felt uh, uh i don't know so you gained some 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 informations and some knowledge uh, i hope you feel inspired yeah inspired, I hope to you find inspired nice. by nick yeah. yeah so thank you again cool. nick thank yeah, you yeah thanks that. isaac really appreciate yeah. you yeah see you in another guys